Hi folks, FPL General here recording the first episode of my 59th minute FPL podcast for the 2019-20 season. Uh, it's good to be back, good to have the microphone back on the kitchen table and, and the laptop in front of me recording this. So recording on Friday the 5th of July, so five weeks today until we kick things off with Liverpool against Norwich on the Friday night for, for game week one. So really looking forward to it. The summer is flying by and before we know it, we will be uh, stressing in, in, in that last hour before before the Friday night deadline getting our teams together. So uh, in this episode, what I'm going to do is it's, it's going to be based on my watch list. So what I'm going to do is going to run through team by team and just touch on the players that I'm interested in for my game week one squad. So... I did this last night. I just I just made a list, and without meaning to, um, it came to fifty players. So this is really the the top fifty players that are in my mind for the first game week. Um, and obviously, there's probably one or two that I won't mention here that will come into my thinking before game week one. Because as I said, there's still five weeks to go, and lots can change. But this this is the initial fifty players that I'm thinking about for my to, to build my game week one squad. Um. When I finish running through them as well, I will just I'll just go through my latest draft, which which I've done today. It's 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 pretty similar to what what I'm seeing on Twitter, really. So there won't be any major surprises there. But I'll, I'll let you know where I'm at at the minute. Uh, a couple of housekeeping things then to finish off. Some information about my new website and things like that. So all in all, you know, probably forty minutes I would imagine for this episode. Before I get into it, I just want to uh, welcome any new listeners. Uh, I tend to pick up. You know, quite a few new followers around this time of the season and new podcast listeners as well. So welcome if you're listening for the first time. This podcast, uh, when when the season starts, um, I tend to release an episode every Tuesday. So it's usually about a half an hour long. Uh, I don't I don't tend to ramble on too long. So uh, yeah, every Tuesday, um, usually by five o'clock UK time, you have an episode to listen to. So if you enjoy this one, just hit subscribe wherever you're listening and, and you'll get the notification then for any new episodes. I will try and get a few more of these out as well before before game week one as well. So yeah, as I say, gonna gonna get stuck in get stuck into the to the watch list now. Gonna go team by team, gonna start with the, the top six from last season and then just work my way through the rest of the teams. Um there's probably four or five teams that I'm not interested in at all to start with. They're promoted teams, for example, but I'll come to that when when it, when the time comes. So starting with Man City, the players that are on my Game Week 1 watch list, goalkeeper Ederson, uh, defenders Laporte and Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker hasn't been on my watch list for a long time. It's nice to see that his price has dropped a little bit now to £6 million, which which makes him an option, I think. Midfielders, uh, Raheem Sterling, uh, Kevin De Bruyne. I've got a question mark beside De Bruyne because something I'm going to Something I'm going to try and do this season is avoid injury-prone players, but there's going to be a few exceptions to that rule. Uh, you know, the kind of players that I think are worth worth the risk who are ex- you know potentially explosive explosive players. So one of those is Kevin De Bruyne. Um, you know, I'm not going to avoid him completely just because he he has a terrible injury record. Because I think he's the kind of player that is worth the risk. Um, another midfielder then Bernardo Silva seems to be very popular. Seeing him in a lot of drafts. On social media, eight million. I thought he'd come in a little bit higher than that, so that that's a very enticing price. I was very impressed with Bernardo towards the end of last season. 
And I think he could really step things up in FPL terms this season, start converting those performances into FPL points. But again, the worry is always, you know, will will Mares get more game time? So we need to just keep an eye on that in pre-season, I think. And of course, Aguero is always on the watch list. 12 million. Um, my initial thoughts are I'm probably going to avoid him game week one. I think there's just um, I just I think I just prefer the you know the defensive options in the midfielders, um, and you know when when I get to my draft at the end of this podcast, you know I, I'm I'm kind of thinking about budget strikers and and avoiding all premiums. That's my initial thought. So I'll talk about that when the time comes. But yeah, going back to Ederson, goalkeepers are it's tricky this season. You know a lot of the goalkeepers we don't have as many four point five million options as we've had before. So I think it makes us think a lot more about our goalkeeper strategy. Um, and I think for me, I'll either go with a premium in Ederson, or I do like Lloris as well at 5.5 for that 0.5 million saving, um, or else a 4.5 set and forget. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about maybe the Burnley goalkeepers there, whether whichever one is number one, you know, Nick Pope or, or Tom Heaton. And hopefully by game week one, that will be clear that we know who is going to be number one there. But I think most likely for me, it'll probably be. A premium goalkeeper strategy this season and I'm thinking about you know one of Ederson or Lloris that's my initial thoughts um, I mentioned Walker Laporte we know very re- very reliable last season should be you know one of the most nailed on players in Pep's team this season 6.5 you know it is a lot to pay but you know you're getting reliability there you're going to get a lot of clean sheets he's got a goal threat so he's a bit of a no-brainer really um, but Walker's very interesting, I think, for the 0.5 saving. You know, if you're if you're struggling for those pennies, um, there seems to be a lot of question marks at left back now. City have signed Angelino again. They've got Zinchenko, Mendy, Delph can play there if he stays. So I think I'm just going to completely avoid left back because Pep will rotate, no doubt. So that's that's why I think Walker's more attractive at right back. Uh, I think Walker only got one assist last season. One goal, one assist. So you could say he underperformed. You know, I would expect uh, any no matter who's playing right back for City, they should be getting, you know, minimum five assists a season. So maybe we'll see Walker get back to what he usually produces in terms of assists in 2019-20. So I think he could be a very good option this season. Sterling is a Sterling's a no-brainer, you know, very consistent last two seasons. Uh doesn't need any any backing up there. De Bruyne again will monitor pre-season, see how he is fitness-wise and things like that. 9.5 is a very very tempting price for a player. We know what De Bruyne can do if he can stay injury-free. Um and I've mentioned Bernardo. So moving on now to the second best team in the Premier League last season, Liverpool. Uh, obvious candidates here again the defenders Trent Robertson Van Dijk um, most likely I'll pick two of those guys uh, I, I put a tweet up on Twitter today you can have a look at it it's a it's a big at the back draft which has a premium goalkeeper and five defenders including the these three Liverpool lads so I'm sure some people will go for that um, but again obviously it means you can't go you can't include one of Manny or Salah, so it, it it feels a bit scary to go out to go without one of those Liverpool attackers. But it could it could be a, a very viable strategy this season going three Liverpool defenders. Um, but for me, I think most likely I'll go with just two and include one of those uh, big hitting midfielders as well. Um, yeah, that that's the five on my watch list from Liverpool: those three defenders and Salah and Manny. I don't think I'll be looking anywhere else. 
I don't have Allison on the watch list just because I feel like he's a bit of a waste of a Liverpool spot when you know you have those three defenders and the midfielders to choose from as well. I just think Ederson's an easier choice when he's when he's you know he's a nailed nailed on City asset, whereas at Liverpool you've got a lot a lot of other explosive options as well. So uh, very unlikely that I'll go with Allison game week one. Uh, moving on to Spurs now, uh, I mentioned Lloris already, so he he interests me at 5.5, you know, he comes in a little bit less than the Liverpool and City goalkeepers. Uh, I've got Ericsson written down here as well, obviously that depends on whether he, you know, stays or goes, you know, I think he said he, he'd like a new challenge, but I think if he stays, Ericsson's all, Ericsson should always be considered FPL-wise, he's coming at 9 million, so that's, again, wait and see what happens with him. I've got Son here as well. Obviously, Son is suspended for the first game, but you know I've got him on the watch list just to make sure I don't forget about him. Uh, he's coming at nine point five million. It's a little bit, it's a little bit steep, you know, with with the other options available around similar prices. So again, I think he's, I think Spurs have Man City game week two. So I'm happy enough to go without Son for the first two game weeks and then just see see from there. Um, I don't have Deli Ali on my watch list. I just don't have any interest in him. He's been, you know, he's he hasn't really. He's been pretty poor, you know, for the last season. You know, last season he was pretty poor. So until I see an improvement in his form, you know, he won't be on my watch list. Um, this new signing uh, in Dumbelli, the the holding midfielder, he could have a positive impact on the Spurs attackers. You know, the likes of Ali may not have to drop deep and, and defend as much. So maybe that will bring the best out of Delhi Alley again next season but for game week one I've got no interest um, Harry Kane on the watch list 11 million I've mentioned I'm probably you know at this point I'm thinking about avoiding all the big strikers and just going with a few cheap ones to you know put, put my money into midfield and defence and goalkeeper as well so Really, one of the biggest questions I think a lot of us are going to be asking ourselves going into the first game week is whether to go for Kane or not. It's that 11 million price tag. I was very surprised to see him get such a drop. Um, you know, it's I think it's clever pricing from FPL. You know, they always they always nail these prices and they, they make it they make it interesting for us. And 11 million, it's just very tempting for for a player. You know, Harry Kane, proven FPL asset. Had his injury issues last season, which he often does. But, you know, if he can stay injury-free again, you know, I'd fully expect him to score 25, 25 goals this season. So, and obviously, big captaincy uh, option as well there. So, you know, what I'm seeing is, you know, you've got three big guys. You've got Kane, you've got Salah, you've got Sterling. And, you know, it's very, very hard to fit all three in. So, most people are probably going to have to pick two out of those three. Uh and my initial thoughts are stick with the midfielders, Salah and Sterling. You know, it, Salah and Sterling, they rotate very well as well fixture-wise. So it takes the stress out of the captaincy for the first nine or ten game weeks. You don't need to overthink it. You just captain, you know, Salah and Sterling for the first nine or ten game weeks. Uh, it just takes the stress out of it. And that's something I always try and do in FPL is, is just try and take the stress out of the game and, and make the game easier for yourself. So for the moment, Kane is not in my latest draft, but that could change before uh, game week one. Again, watch him closely, see how he looks in preseason. Does he look sharp? And that might change my change my thoughts. Next team up is Chelsea. I've got very few names here. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, the most expensive Chelsea player is Pulisic at seven point five million. Um, I don't think I ever remember one of the top teams having you know no uh, big price players so 
interesting to see how they settle in under Frank Lampard uh, and you know which players will come to the fore under him there's definitely going to be bargains to be had at Chelsea but I don't think we're going to know that uh, going into game week one it's probably for me with Chelsea it's probably going to be a wait and see and most likely I won't have any Chelsea players in game week one again just wait and see what happens with them in the first couple of weeks and then make a make a call on it the the two names I do have here is Alonso um 6.5 million you know people who are going big at the back I haven't seen Alonso in very many teams and again obviously it's because we don't know if he'll be number one under Lampard Emerson is there as well but I think you know if pre in pre-season if Marcus Alonso starts getting you know a lot of starts I think you know we'll see him in a lot more game week one teams again a proven fantasy asset and that's that's something I always try and look for when I'm building a game week one team is to focus on you know tried tried and tested FPL assets and then you know find the maybe go for the more unproven guys after a couple of weeks when they show signs that they're going to be good assets and good value so Alonso is on my watch list and the other one is Giroud seven million striker playing for Chelsea if he is the number one striker uh, at Chelsea when game week one rolls around I think he's going to be a very very popular pick this season um Obviously, there's the likes of Tammy Abraham. I think Batshuayi is still there at the minute as well. So there's quest- a lot of big question marks over the, the Chelsea forwards. So again, I wait and see what happens there. But Giroud, definitely interesting if if it looks like he's going to be the number one striker this season. Moving on to my lads now, Manchester United. Again, like Chelsea, I think I'll probably have zero Man United players in game week one. You know, very poor second half of last season. FPL wise, the defenders are all, you know, very expensive on first glance, given you know how poor they were last season. So again, it's probably going to be a wait and see with United for me. Uh, I've got Rashford written down here, eight point five. But again, you know, when you compare Rashford at eight point five, there's a lot of very good options at six point five uh, in the strikers. So I think that two million saving is justified to start the season with, and then just see how Rashford settles in. Obviously, if Lukaku leaves. You know, Rashford could be a very good FPL asset. But again, for me, not to start with. Another one here, uh, a ridiculous price. Alexis Sanchez, 7 million. That was the, that was the biggest shock, really, when I, when I was reading through the, the prices when the game launched last week. You know, a player of, you know, Sanchez's ability and capabilities and what he's done in the past, it's it's crazy to think he's he's dropped to 7 million now. What a fall from grace. Um, you know Sanchez not that long ago he used to be a player you could you could captain every week for Arsenal and you were almost guaranteed points from him so very interesting to see what happens there again pre-season will be a should be a good indicator you know of is he is he going to feature you know in Solskjaer's first 11 for the first few weeks of the season and, and if he is I mean 7 million he could make an absolute mockery of that at the end of the day you know he's still Alexis Sanchez so hopefully he can get back to somewhere near his best for us for us fantasy managers and again you know like Giroud if Sanchez is going to be starting every week for United he's going to be in a lot of teams the only other United player I've got written down here is Pogba again you know 8.5 million will he stay will he go a bit like Ericsson we need to wait and see there but I mean if he's still at United come game week one I don't think we can ignore him especially with penalties so you know, I don't think I'll have him, but I think I had to put him on the watch list just in case he's still there. Um, I don't think he should be completely written off if he's still there for game week one. Last of the top six teams now from last season, Arsenal. 
Uh, I've got the goalkeeper here, Leno. Uh, it's an interesting price, Leno. I was surprised he was just five million. You know, when there's the likes of Pickford at five point five. You know, um, yes, Arsenal defensively couldn't really trust him last season, but again, it's a clean slate. I always try and go into each season with a clean slate and try and try not to be too biased by what happened last season because because that's over now and things could change. You know, Arsenal could surprise us. They could tighten up defensively and they could, you know, rack up a lot of clean sheets in the first few weeks. So Leno is very interesting as a five million goalkeeper, I think. Um I think I'd be more inclined to go there than Pickford for the for the point five million saving. So that is one one to keep an eye on. Uh, really it depends on Arsenal signing a few decent defenders. You know, they they were they were very poor last season. So if they could sign, you know, make a few decent signings in defence, that would make Leno a lot more a lot more interesting for, for FPL. The only other two Arsenal players I've got on my watch list at the moment are the two strikers, Lacazette and Abamyang. Again, there's been some whispers that Abamyang might leave. Um I fully expect him to be there game week one. So again, as I mentioned, I'm just not too keen on any of the big strikers to start the season with. Uh, with the value elsewhere so very unlikely that I'll start with either of these guys but they are on the watch list moving on now to the rest of the league no particular order here for these teams um, so I'm just going to rattle through them starting with Wolves uh, a team that could shake up the top six next season I'd probably throw Leicester and possibly Everton into the mix there as well. I think we could see the top six broken up for the first time in quite a while next season, uh, which is good for the league and it's good for fantasy as well. It makes things a lot more interesting. So Wolves, the first name, uh, not a very exciting one, uh, Den Donker, 4.5 million midfielder. I think he could be the pick of the bunch of the 4.5 million midfielders. He got a lot of game time towards the end of last season. So he is in my draft as a as a 4.5 million bench fodder you know hopefully never have to use him but at least at least if he is needed he should he should hopefully get plenty of game time yeah and he's got he's got an eye for goal as well you know he showed that he showed that last season so i like him as a bench fodder option um the only other two wolves players i have any interested in any interest in for game week one is the two strikers the two forwards jimenez and jota jimenez Absolute legend last year. One of the very few good decisions I made last season was getting Jimenez in quite early. Um, Seven point five million. I expected him to be at least eight million. So again, that is a it's an enticing, it's attractive to to just stick with him. But I really like Jota at six point five. You know, I think that one million saving is is nice. Uh, the worry with Wolves is Europa League. We've seen how negatively it affected Burnley last season. Will it affect Wolves the same way? We, we just have to wait and see. But, you know, that, that won't put me off going with, with Jota for, from game week one. Um, one of the big decisions I have to make is if I do go with two 6.5 million strikers or even three 6.5 million strikers, is which of them? There's loads of good options. You've got the likes of, you've got Jota, you've got De La Feu, you've got Josh King, Ashley Barnes. You know, you've got a lot of options there. Even Calvert-Lewin at 6 million is another option as well. So it's um, Jota's kind of fighting with those guys for for a place in my game week one team, and again, of course, be keeping a close eye on the European games as well before the season starts to see how he looks, and you know try try and guess how how the Europa League or, or how the Europa League is going to affect Wolves going into the first few weeks of the season. So yeah, the with Wolves, 
a lot. I think you know the defenders have been overpriced. Matt Doherty, yes, he's a legend, but six million is it's a ridiculous price, really. You know, five point five would have been more than enough for for Matt Doherty. So I'm not going to go near him at six. Likewise, Johnny, I think came in at five point five. Again, five million would have been enough there. So I've got no interest in the Wolves' defence whatsoever uh, because I just I just feel that they're they're too expensive. Moving on to Brendan Rodgers, Troops, Leicester. Uh, quite a few options here. Uh, I've got Harry Maguire written down, but really that is if he moves to one of the bigger, if he moves to one of the top six. You know, there's been a lot of talk of maybe a move to Man City. He's been linked with United as well, but everybody's been linked with United. So I would say it's more likely that he will make a move to City. I, I don't, I'm not interested in Maguire for 5.5 million at Leicester but if he goes to City and he's 5.5 million pretty sure he'll go straight into my team and straight into a lot of teams because you're going to get clean sheets and you're going to have attacking uh, attacking returns there as well from Maguire so very interested to see if he does make that move Um, coming to midfielders for Leicester James Madison 7 million again Nice price, I think. I was I was expecting possibly seven point five there. You know, he had a very good first season in the Premier League. Um, you know, created I think he created about a hundred chances. I think he created more than any other any other midfielder last season. So I think seven million is a great price for Madison. He could he could go even better this season. I'm expecting big things from Leicester. You know, they finished the season very strongly strongly under Brendan Rodgers. And, you know, I think the likes of Madison and Vardy uh, could be very good options again this season. The most interesting one, you know, everyone's talking about him this week. Ayose Perez made the move from Newcastle. Scored, I think he scored 12 goals last season, playing in a very defensively minded team. He's, he comes in 0.5 cheaper than Madison. And most important of all, he's a, he's a midfielder now, where he was classed as a forward last season. So that's where the attraction is, a possible out of position, 6.5 million midfielder, playing up, you know, playing pretty advanced in a, in a very good Leicester team who should score plenty of goals. So, you know, I put a tweet up yesterday that I wasn't feeling the love for Perez. I'm still not overly keen. Um, I'll probably just wait and see with him. You know, my, my worry is competition for places. There's a lot of competition for places there. You know, you've got Damari Gray, you've got Harvey Barnes. If Tielemans comes in, that's another place uh, gone. So what I will do is, you know, I do think Perez could be... He, I think he has the potential to be the, the bargain gem of the season. But I think I'm probably unlikely to go with him in game week one and just give him give time, assess the situation. You know, is see if he is getting ninety minutes every week, and then then maybe bring him in. So it's it's a wait and see. I think I'm more likely to go with Madison from the off than Perez at the moment. But again, five weeks to go. That I've got five weeks to. You've got five weeks to convince me that Perez is going to be the real deal. Uh, I mentioned Vardy, nine million. I think that's similar to what he finished last season as well. Uh, I've you know finished the season very strongly. I made a mistake of selling him too early towards the end of last season. Um, I think he could. I, I think he could score twenty plus goals again. You know this season. I think I don't think he scored twenty last season, but he went he went close to it in the end. But I think a full season under Brendan Rodgers. I think you know a happy Vardy. You know, I don't think he was very happy under Claude Puel. You know system didn't suit him. But I think under Rodgers he is going to score plenty of goals um, so a very good option again it's just that price 9 million it's a little bit awkward if you're investing heavily in defence and midfield so to begin with again I probably won't have him but again I think he'll be I think he'll I think he'll prove to be very good value even at 9 million this season moving on to the Toffees 
lots of love for Everton because they've got a great fixture run to start the season and they finished last season very strongly as well. Um, Lucas Dean, left back, 6 million is the most obvious one. You know, massive attack and threat can get you clean sheets as well, take some of the set pieces. So I I don't think I owned him too much last season. I think I got him in for his red card, typical of my season last year. So I didn't reap too many of the benefits of Lucas Dean last season and I would I would like a I don't want to miss out on it this season. So there's a very good chance I'll start with him. Um I think there's a danger that people are going to overlook Coleman because of how good Lucas Dean was last season. So Coleman comes in 0.5 less. He's 5.5 million and he finished the season very strongly last season as well. And, you know, I've mentioned I've mentioned a few times in this pod already, you know, proven FPL assets and Seamus Coleman is one of those. So I think, I, I don't think you should ignore Coleman as well. And, you know, if you're looking for, if you're short of 0.5 million, you know, I, I don't think going Coleman over Lucas Dean, I don't think there'll be a huge difference in points between those two. Um, obviously Lucas Dean could come and blow Coleman out of the water but I, I could go either way you know I, I really think Coleman is a really good option this season moving into midfield Gilfie Sigurdsson 8 million pretty locked in in my game week 1 squad he's one of the very few players that's been in every one of my drafts again proven FPL asset set pieces penalties although he missed quite a few of them last season I fully expect him to still take them again great fixtures for Everton so I think he's an easy pick at 8 million Richarlison is also eight million, but again, you know, I, I, I find it very hard to trust Richarlison. Uh, he's very hot and cold. Um, I just I just much prefer the reliability of Sigurdsson. I think there's a lot more avenues to points there with him with set pieces and penalties as well. Um, so I much prefer Siggy. Up front, I've already mentioned him six million for Calvert Lewin. If he's going to be the number one striker at Everton, if they don't sign anyone. Uh, you know, and they continue to use him up front. I think six million he could make a mockery of that price tag as well. Over the last couple of seasons, you know, watching Calvert Lewin, he hasn't overly impressed me. I, I said it in the in the fantasy weekly pod this week. He, he strikes me as a player who'll get you ten goals a season rather than twenty. But I think you know he is young. He has the potential to step it up, and you know maybe get to that fifteen, you know, fifteen to twenty goals a season. So. Very interested to see if he does start the season as the number one striker because I think he will be a, a very good option there as well. Yeah, but I'm unlikely to go there for game week one. Moving on to Bournemouth. Uh, it's the usual suspects here from last season. I'm not interested in goalkeepers or defenders here. It's all about the midfielders and the strikers. And, you know, it's there's, there's going to be big decisions to be made, I think, for, for FPL managers you know, do you go for Fraser or Brooks, and do you go for Wilson or King? Um, so Fraser's come in at seven point five, Brooks is six point five, so there's a one million save in there, uh, and then Wilson's coming at eight million. My old my foe from last season, Josh Kim, Josh King comes in at one point five million cheaper at six point five, and he should have penalties as well. So that is what has me leaning towards King. I think a lot of people are leading that way as well because of the price difference and the potential for penalties. Uh, also, I've got a deep hatred for Callum Wilson for the pain he caused me last season. So that makes me all the more likely to go for King. But yeah, it's that, I think that's going to be one of the biggest decisions for managers once, you know, when, when we have to come to finalise our teams, you know, which of the Bournemouth attackers to go for. You've got four very good options there, all at different price points. So, um I think I'll have at least one of them. 
I'm not really now going with two of them to start with. You know, maybe maybe a King and a Fraser or a King and a, and a Brooks. So again, big decisions to be made there. But four very good, four very good options to start the season with because they've got a they've got a nice run of fixtures as well uh, to start the campaign. Moving to Crystal Palace, uh, just two options here. I've noted down Van Anholt. You know, again over the seasons, very attacking fullback, five point five million. It's it's a little bit steep. It would be you know he'd be in a lot of teams if he was five million. You know he had a pretty quiet season last year in terms of goals. Usually scores about five or six a season, um, so maybe you know maybe maybe he'll get back to those levels this year. Um, so he again, I'm unlikely to start the season with him, but we'll be keeping a close eye on how he performs in the first few games. Uh, and Wilfred Zaha reclassified as a midfielder now, which is great news for us. Seven million, lots of talk of a potential move away, possibly to Arsenal. Um, and I don't, I don't think I like him as much if he moves to Arsenal. I think I would rather him if he, if he stays as Palace, you know, as a talisman in that team. Um, so again, it's a wait and see, wait and see what happens there. Uh, if he stays at Palace, I think there's a very good chance he will be in my game week one team. I think if he goes to Arsenal, there's probably less chance that he will make it into my squad. But again, it's a big, it's a big wait and see there for for Zaha. Um. Before I run through the last, you know, nine or ten players, I'm just going to mention the teams that I don't have anyone from. Um, I've mentioned the three promoted teams, so I don't have any players from the promoted teams on my watch list, and that's something I'm deliberately doing. I don't want any promoted players in my game week one squad. That's something I've done over the seasons. Last season was the first time I broke the rule. I went with Jota in game week one, and he didn't do much, but you know he was. It was justified when you look back on the season because he did become a very good pick. Just took him a while to to settle into the Premier League and to adjust. But this season, you know, I don't see any appeal from the likes of Villa, Sheffield United, or Norwich. You know, I don't think they've got the squads, the kind of squad that Wolves had when they were coming up. So I'm just gonna again wait and see with the promoted teams and and see after three or four weeks if there's any gems to be had there. So it's just a you know just a wait and see there as well. The the only other team that I don't have any players on my watch list from at the moment is West Ham. Um, simply because there's far too many options, I think, there in midfield. Uh, you know, they signed Fornals, Lanzini, Antonio. There's just loads and loads of options. Snodgrass. And again, I just need to wait and see how they're going to set up for the new season before I'm interested. Arnautovic looks like he's going to leave. He's on my no-buy list alongside... Danny Ings anyway you know for injury prone players that I'm going to try and avoid this season um, the I think Fabianski's 5 million so I just prefer a 4, 4.5 million or a premium than Fabianski this season uh, defence I do think they could offer some very good value in defence uh, a lot of them are 4.5 million the likes of Balbuena uh, Diop uh, Ryan Fredericks I think could be a very good option this season but again I'm not really interested in starting the season with a 4.5 million. The current structure I have, it's it's four premium defenders and then a 4 million bench fodder. So I don't really have space for a 4.5 million defender at the moment. So that's why I don't have any of the West Ham guys on my on my watch list. Uh, last couple of teams now. Watford, just one player here. De La Feu, reclassified, 6.5 million forward. 
Uh, obviously, it would have been better if he stayed as a midfielder, but I think he could he could be a very good option as well if he stays at Watford. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams sniffing around him because he had a very good very good season last year, and he's he's a top he's a top class player, uh, and could could easily play uh, at a higher level than Watford. No disrespect to the Watford fans listening. Uh, Delafeu, if he remains at Watford, six point five million. I'm definitely interested in that for my budget strike force if that's the way I decide to go. Um Burnley next. Again I've mentioned the goalkeepers, Nick Pope and Tom Heaton. Hopefully we will know which one of them is going to be number one by the time game week one arrives. Um and there's a very good chance that's the way I'll go. Um again, you know, really what I'm thinking is either a Burnley goalkeeper or Ederson or Lloris. That's my that's my thoughts on goalkeepers at the moment. Um up front, I think Burnley offer very good value as well in Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood, both priced at six point five million. Both had very good seasons last season, and you know, still very, uh, very nicely priced. I think you know, I'm seeing a lot of teams with Josh King, Jota, and Delafeu, uh, and I think you know, I think we might be in danger of overlooking these guys, Barnes and Wood. I think I've been guilty of it myself. You know, when I think of Burnley in FPL, I think of goalkeepers and defenders. Um, but you know Barnes and Wood proved last season that they can offer very good value um, I think the penalty taker situation is a little bit unclear at Burnley uh, it looks like Barnes is number one but I remember uh, I think it was David at Fancy Football Scout was tweeting about it last season that they it wasn't as clear cut as that I think Chris Chris Wood had made it, made a few quotes that they, they share it so I don't think it's as clear cut uh, at Burnley as we think when it comes to penalties but you know, my my guess would be Ashley Barnes would be number one, but don't be surprised to see Chris Wood step up and take penalties uh, this season as well. So those two are on the watch list for sure. Moving on to Newcastle, uh, there's only one player here because once Rafa's gone, I've got zero interest in Newcastle. Really, I've got Matt Ritchie here just because he's been reclassified as a defender, and there's a good chance he'll be on penalties. New manager coming in, we could see him playing out of position in midfield. So again, it's going to be a wait and see for Richie. I'm not going to start the season with him, but I want him on the watch list just to just to keep an eye on him over the first couple of weeks, just to see is he in midfield, is he taking loads of set pieces, is he on penalties? And I think even at five point five million, even though it's Newcastle, we can't ignore that. Uh, Brighton, another team with a new manager. So usually, when a team has a new manager, I take a wait and see approach, like I'm probably going to do with Chelsea. Probably going to do the same with Brighton. Um, the only players really I've, I've not noted down here again it's goalkeepers. Um, a lot of people are interested in spending, you know, the minimum on goalkeepers, so eight point five million, and Brighton can give you that with Matt Ryan at four point five and Button the backup at four million, and that just means you don't need to worry about goalkeepers. If Matt Ryan was to get an injury, you don't have to make a transfer because Button can just come in for you there. So that's the attraction with that set and forget strategy but for me again Brighton I'm not keen on them clean sheet wise to start the season I'm probably just going to avoid and and wait and see last team to mention is Southampton they offered us a lot of options second half of last season under Hasenhutl and again I'm expecting them to have a good season I was very impressed by Hasenhutl and Southampton 
towards the end of last season. So I think there will be options there for us fantasy managers as well this season. The only one I've got written down at the moment is Nathan Redmond, 6.5 million midfielder. He was a great option towards the end of last season. Uh, pretty sure he scored on the final day. You know, a lot of people were going for him as a differential captain on the final day. Um, so he is he's the one I'm most interested in from Southampton. Again, I'm probably unlikely to include him in my Game Week 1 squad. Um, but he's on the watch list for now. So that is my top 50 players for Game Week 1. That is the... The guys I've mentioned, those are the guys that are going to make up the core of my squad. Um, I need to just, you know, pick 11 out of those 50. Um, again, obviously there's one or two I haven't mentioned who could become options. You know, good pre-seasons, injuries to other players, things like that. And obviously new signings as well. Hopefully we're going to see a lot of new players join in the Premier League. More options for us to mull over for the next few weeks. Um I'll just go through my current draft. So my latest draft, I haven't I haven't done very much tinkering at all. And I've been saying that to a lot of people. You know, it's tinkering too much in July is pointless because when August arrives, everything changes. You know, there's going to be, you're going to have injuries, you're going to have players in form in pre-season, you're going to have new players. So there's no point spending too much time playing around with your team for the next few weeks. By all means do. It's, it, obviously, tinkering is great fun, but don't overdo it. Don't Don't log in every day. Uh, and, and make changes because you'll drive yourself nuts and by the t- when the when game week one is happening you'll be saying oh he was in my draft had him in my draft oh he was my captain in my in my draft so you know just don't don't make too many don't you, you'll end up frying your brain um the key thing the key advice from me is have a clear head have a clear head when august rolls around one of one of the one of my biggest downfalls last season was not having a clear head when i was making my transfers on friday nights so you want to avoid that with your your pre-season tinkering as well don't overdo it um you know make a team and you know don't log in for a couple of weeks you know by all means you know listen to podcasts read articles and all that kind of stuff you know kind of kind of have an idea in your head of what you want to do but i would avoid tinkering too much because as i say you'll just you'll just go around in circles and you won't know what to do then when 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 August arrives. So just a word of caution there. Don't overdo it. Don't overthink it. Um, my latest draft is Tom Heaton in goal. If he is the Burnley number one. I, I think there's a good chance Nick Pope might be number one. As I say, hopefully we know before the before the game week one deadline what's happening there. Uh, it's a 4-4-2. So I've got two Liverpool defenders, Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. Laporte and Lucas Dean makes up my back four. So that's a very popular back four I'm seeing on social media as well. Um, a midfield of Salah and Sterling. Again, easy picks. Takes the stress out of the captaincy for the first first couple of game weeks. I've got Sigurdsson there who is likely to stay. Uh, I've got Iosi Perez here as well. And really, this is the big question mark in this latest draft. I've got Perez here because I only had 6.5 million left to spend. I would much prefer to have 7 million and go for Madison or maybe even Zaha if he stays at Palace. Um, so Perez is in my latest draft, but he's unlikely to be in my Game Week 1 team. So he's, he's a bit of a placeholder there until I figure out what I want to do with that spot. Up front then, two strikers, 6.5 million. Josh King, Bournemouth, penalties, good fixtures. And Jota as well. So again... There's probably a few question marks there over Jota. Josh King will probably stay. Um, and again, this is a 4-4-2. 
there's no I'm not saying I'm going to start the season with 4-4-2 that could change you know that 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 um that team I posted on Twitter today with a five at the back you know it was five at the back I think it was three Liverpool defenders it was Lloris it was Laporte and it was Lucas Dean and it had Sterling in midfield and it had Harry Kane up front and, I re- and you know what to be honest I was just I was just doing it um for a tweet really but the more I looked at it the more I liked it um but I think it it, it it, it feels very scary to go without Salah or Manny. Um but you know, it could be it could pay off and it could be a matter of, you know, doing it for the first first couple of weeks, knowing that you've got the wild card in your back pocket if it all if it all goes belly up. So it's something some, definitely something to think about. You know, we're all talking about big at the back. If you're going big at the back, why not go all out? Why not go five defenders and, and a premium goalkeeper as well? Um, and you can still have Sterling and you can still have Kane. So definitely, definitely food for thought there for myself and for others as well. A um, couple of things to mention before I finish up. I mentioned already uh, the Fantasy Weekly pod. So anyone who's a new listener, that is another podcast I do every week with James. Uh, we recorded a budget player special this week. So check that one out as well. You'll find it on my Twitter account if you have a, have a scroll through. Um, I've been working on building my website for for quite a while now probably for about a year uh, a friend of mine has been been putting it together for me in his free time so we're we're almost ready to launch it hopefully on tuesday um hopefully on tuesday we're going to put it live um and then just you know build on it throughout the season and add more features and add more sections and things like that so i'm excited to share that with you all um something i you know it's going to be to, to start with it'll be you know basic it'll be all my podcasts will be there in one place articles guest articles all that kind of stuff i'm hoping that we'll be able to follow elite 64 there as well and the elite 64 qualifier you know with a live league table um all that kind of stuff um my watch list updates you know captaincy polls all that kind of you know usual stuff there so keep an eye out for that next week as i say fingers crossed Fingers crossed, next Tuesday, fplgeneral.com will be live. Um, something else I'm planning for that website as well is I've been working the last couple of weeks to to get a season ticket holder from every Premier League team. So you've probably seen my tweets about that. It's probably been annoying you with those tweets, so apologies for that. But for me, people who listen to my podcast and follow me on social media will know that for me, the eye test is always number one. And there is no substitute for actually being at a game and watching it with your own eyes you know the watching a game on television is great but you don't see everything because you know the camera will follow the ball things like that so there's no substitute for having someone at a game to be able to tell you how the game went and which players looked good from a fantasy perspective so that's my idea i'm almost finished rounding up one season ticket holder from each premier league team and what they're going to provide for us is a match report after each Premier League game. So, for example, when Leicester play Brighton uh, at the at the Leicester Stadium, um, the the Leicester the Leicester season ticket holder will write a match report from a fantasy perspective, mainly focusing on Leicester, with a little bit on the opposition as well. And then I'll share that on the website for everyone. So that would mean that will be you know ten match reports for each game week so every time there's a home game they'll write a match report and and i think that could be really valuable for us fantasy managers um so keep an eye out for that as well i'll probably do a few introductory articles with those uh with those guys as well you know maybe 
on their thoughts about you know which players from their team they think will do well this season. Um, so very excited about that. Um, Patreon as well. A lot of you will be familiar that I had a Patreon. Last season was my first season uh, having a Patreon page. Learned a lot from it. Got a lot of very good feedback from from patrons last season. Sent out a survey and got some really good responses on ideas on how I can improve it for this season. So I've updated the Patreon page now. There's two tiers, a $3 tier and a $5 tier. So you can check that out. If you go to my Twitter page, you'll find it pinned on my profile. So basically just have a read through it and see if it's something that interests you for the new season. Um, I, I work full time. Uh, I work last season was my first season working full time on fantasy football so I work from home uh, Patreon is my primary source of income so any support from you there uh, is very much appreciated no matter how big or small that is so just a quick just a quick mention of what what you can expect to get if you sign up to Patreon at the three dollar tier which is the lowest one uh, so that works out at about what two two pound fifty a month uh, something like that so it's not much um a lot more content there this season than last season, with the main thing being the iTest podcast. So some of you will have listened to my iTest podcast last season, which are you know short ten minute, ten to fifteen minute podcasts after after I watch a game. You know when I, I do an iTest podcast from a fantasy perspective, I'm going to add some stats to those podcasts as well this season. So it's going to be a kind of an iTest versus uh, stats podcast for every game that is televised in the uk so roughly five of those podcasts a week for patrons um you know what i do is a lot of the time you know i I don't watch all the games of the weekend i'll record them and then on monday or tuesday i'll sit down and watch them look at the stats and then release the podcasts on monday and tuesday there so i think they can be very valuable Um, as i say four or five of them a week for patrons next season something else i do on patreon is I do this. I do this fifty ninth minute podcast, which will always be free to everyone to listen to on a Tuesday. Um, but then I release a podcast and a video on a Thursday night for patrons, where I answer questions. And you know, I'm usually by a Thursday night, I'm much more clear in what I'm going to do for the weekend, and I, and I talk about that on the podcast. Uh, I do a game week review article every week as well, which is emailed to patrons. You know, on a Monday or a Tuesday, once the game week is finished, I go through, update my watch list. Uh, talk about the stats that caught my eye all that kind of stuff and something that was very popular with patrons last season as well is every friday i email them a a press conference roundup so you don't need to worry about following all the injury news uh, updates from the press conferences you just wait for my email at about three o'clock on a friday and then you've got all the information you need to make your transfers for the weekend so that's just a bit of information about the patreon page There's, there's more to it as well but the best thing to do is just have a read through it, patreon.com forward slash FPL general. And again, any questions you have, just send me an email or send me a message on Twitter uh, and I can I can answer them for you there. So hope you enjoyed this watch list episode. Again, I'm not sure when I'll record the next one. Um, I might record an episode next week if there is something. Let me know what kind of podcast you want to hear as well um, during, the, during the pre-season and I'll see what I can do there. Enjoy... Enjoy your weekend. Uh, Happy tinkering. Don't do too much. uh, And I'll talk to you all soon, folks.